We're continuing our prospect coverage here on Locked On Blue Jackets. Tony Ferrari is back, and today we are talking about Jaden Perron on Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the good, the bad, and the ugly about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before it starts, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We are over on YouTube. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit the little bell button below this video, then you will get notified when new episodes go live, which is pretty neat. I also have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Like I said at the top of the show, we are talking about Jaden Perron today, uh, a USHL player who's going to the University of North Dakota next season. We've got Tony Ferrari here to talk all about him. Can he succeed despite being five foot eight? And uh, Where's the USHL going in terms of ranking for junior leagues in North America? We're talking about all of that and more. And I'm just going to get into it because Tony is much smarter than I am and says it much better. As far as much as the, the QMJHL is declining, the USHL, I feel like, has gone has only gone up. Um, and so we're going to talk today about uh, Jaden Perron. Uh, Tony Ferrari is back, noted, very smart man, prospect expert. Um, we talked last episode all about uh, Riley Height and uh, the CHL versus the NCAA route. But the I feel like more and more players, I'm going to their elite prospects. These are guys that are predicted to go in the first round. I'm like, oh, they played in the USHL. They played, and that's not and not just the NTDP guys. Um, I mean, Jaden Perron played for the Chicago Steel, which uh, I'm not going to lie, is probably the only other um, USHL team that I could name off the bat. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Perron first, and then we can kind of get more into the, the USHL as a league. What is Perron like as a player? What kind of player are you getting in, in this kid? Well, he's undersized. There's no getting around the fact that he's 5'8", maybe 5'9", if you want to be generous. He's 160 pounds. He's He's a guy that has the speed, has play at that level, and I think he has a feistiness too. There's a lot of things that I, I watch about his game where you, you look at for small players and you want them to play bigger than they actually are, and I think Jaden Perron does a lot of that. He's an excellent four-checker. He establishes body position really well along the boards to win board battles against bigger players, and he kind of just gets under guys and outworks them. He's a, he's a firecracker with and without the puck, and in the neutral zone and offensive zone, he, he strips pucks like crazy. His defensive game in the in the actual defensive zone, once things kind of get set up and the other team's making plays in their set offensive scheme, then things can kind of break down defensively for him. But in the neutral zone, preventing breakouts and, and, and kind of preventing them from getting out of their defensive zone, he's really, really good at knocking down pucks, creating havoc, just pushing, pressuring guys and getting the – on the on the defenders trying to make the breakout pass so he's really good there and then he's got really good passing ability he's a guy that i, I think similar to riley height is an excellent passer really manipulative with the puck um he's I've put up big point totals this year 72 points in 61 games uh top 10 score in the in the wh or the ushl sorry a top six top six score actually and this is a guy that i think 
showed everything you want to see in a smaller player. With that said, the stat the the hockey card is still going to say he's five eight. Teams are still going to shy away from that. And he's probably going to fall down the board further than he should. Yeah, that feels he feels primed to be one of those players that drops and then you know three years later he's putting up. 60 70 points in the NHL and they're like how did this kid fall to the second or third round um and the answer is because he's because he's 58 and um, we, we talked a little bit about this um off mic as well but like one of my favorite hockey player archetypes is like a little guy that just causes chaos um and I think that Jane Perron is is a really a really good example of that um where do you kind of have him on your board um, because the consolidated ranking on elite prospect has him at 28. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, he's anywhere from 11 to 62 from on the other board, which feels like a huge margin. Yeah, when you're 5'8", you, you're going to have a huge margin of, of kind of gap. It, it, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see where he falls. Right now on my board, I have him at 17. I think he's a guy that certainly can last at 17, certainly has the talent to be there. Do I see him getting drafted at 17? Probably not. I, I, I kind of see him get drafted at 29, 30, 31, 32, towards the end of the first round, maybe early in the second round. He's the guy that's got all the talent in the world. It, it's just about whether or not he's actually going to be able to get drafted there because he is 5'8", and, and I keep mentioning that, and it, it sounds harsh because I'm a guy that loves the smaller, undersized guys. And like I said, he doesn't play like a smaller, undersized guy. It's just, is he going to be able to get drafted that high? Because the, the teams are always shying away from guys that size. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Blue Jackets signed Nick Blankenberg as a free agent uh, last season, and then every, every single time someone watches him play, they're like, how is this kid five eight he plays like he's six six and he was undrafted you know he did a full four years at college and so i think blue jackets fans know and love that kind of guy that probably won't be drafted where he should be just because um just because he is short but i want to talk a little bit about the ushl because last episode we talked about kind of development paths and how long a player is going to need before he gets to the nhl um, the USHL doesn't have the same C- uh, the same agreement that the CHL has. So players who are under 20 play in the USHL can, in fact, go to the AHL. Yeah. Is that a path that Perron takes? Or do you think it's because he is a smaller guy, is it a case of he sticks with the Chicago State? Or, excuse me, he's, he's set to go to the University of North Dakota next yeah. season. So is he a guy that goes, does a couple of years NCAA, and then comes back? goes to the AHL or what do you kind of see his, his path as? I I think he does go to the NCAA and spend a few years there. I think he's the prime example of a guy that I think made the right choice of going to the USHL or or playing junior A hockey and go and then going to the university route. I think he's a guy that showed all of the talent, but that five, eight size being undersized, it's, it's a hindrance at the end of the day. It sucks to say teams are going to always look at him a little bit as a hindrance in that regard. It's tough to play in the NHL at 5859. There's not many guys that do it, but the guys that do it are very exceptional. I think Jaden Perron can fit into that category. He's ha- he has that skill. I've seen him deacon dangle guys that with so much ease in the USHL. Going the NCAA route, allowing himself to take time, get stronger, 
they, they don't play as many games in the, the NCAA, which means they can be in the weight room. They can be doing off-ice training. They can be doing those things to strengthen their bodies and get a lot stronger. And that's the thing that I think Jaden Perron is going to need to do going forward. So I think two or three years in the NCAA, make the jump to the AHL, prove that you can kind of tear things up there, and then be in the NHL in a few years. In a minute, I'm going to get back to my conversation with Tony, but first I've got to tell you all about game time, because I don't know about you, I am terrible at planning things, usually I will wake up in the morning and be like, right, what am I going to do today? Sometimes that is, I'm going to go see a show, I'm going to go see some kind of sports game, uh, you know, comedy, theater, music, concerts, there's, there's so many different ways to do entertainment these days, but trying to find last minute tickets sucks. Not with Game Time. Game Time has flash deals. They've got last minute tickets. They've got low price guarantees, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. If you buy tickets for your thing in the same section in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We talked last episode about the NCAA versus the CHL and why Canadian players are taking that route. Uh, Jaden Perron is from Winnipeg, I believe. Um, yep. Do you think that the, the CHL agreement has something to do with that? Is there that kind of maybe that lingering hope that maybe you can turn pro at 19 and, you know, they want to have that flexibility or is that me reading too much into this? I think it's certainly a thing. I think you look at a guy like Chaz Lucius who went to the, the uh, national under 18 program. He had opportunities to play in the WHL and he, he didn't initially, he went to the AHL um, after being in college for a year. And, and then they realized, Hey, maybe you're not quite ready for the AHL and they sent him back to the WHL. So, this is a guy that I think has the opportunity to go to the NCAA, spend a few years there and not rush it. I think that's the biggest thing is that that NHL CHL agreement. That's more for the guys that are like Alexi Lafreniere. That's more for the guys like Quentin Byfield, who you want them to play in the AHL and develop slowly there. But because of that agreement, you can't really have them there. They have to play in the NHL or the CHL. Unfortunately, that agreement exists still. I think there should be exceptions. I think there should be, changes to the agreement but they just resigned it last year so unfortunately that's uh going to be how it ends up being for the next five years at least yeah it's it's incredibly frustrating to watch players who are too good for the chl basically forced nhl nhl or chl um yeah and like i can see where they're coming from in terms of well if all of their players leave on mass for the ahl but i don't think that's going to happen um yeah so it's incredibly frustrating to watch players who are like i say too good for the chl just turn up and mow through the opposition when probably going to the ahl and like learning something i think that was the biggest thing and like i so my hockey career begins and ends in beer league but to me i get no joy from playing with players that are not as good like i love to play against players that are way better than me because i yeah. feel like i learned something and so it must yeah. be so frustrating to be a guy that isn't quite ready for the NHL, gets sent back to um, the WHL or the OHL or the QMJHL and is like, well, just kick it here until you turn 20. I think 
of the the ones that I'm kind of that comes straight to mind, I think Stanislav Svozil is a guy yeah. that really could have excelled in the AHL this season. Yeah, and I think that's the advantage of taking guys that are European players, such as a guy like David Yurchek, who now at 18, 19, he can play in the AHL and, and buy his time there and work his way towards the NHL. It's a slow burn, but I think that's why you, you draft guys like that out of the European leagues because you can you can get your hands on them a little bit sooner, get them in your development system, and, and kind of work your magic with them. Going back to um, Jaden Perron, what is the so like I, I asked this question with with right height as well this summer he gets drafted by the blue jackets what are they saying to him in terms of like go do this this summer is it literally just going to be try and put put on some weight try and put on some mass or is there like aspects of his game that you think he needs to take a, the next step or is it mostly stuff that he can kind of work on as as part of his like He's going to get better at this just by playing the game more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's a lot of just getting better by playing the game. I think at the end of the day, bringing that feistiness he plays within the offensive zone to the defensive end of the ice, I think would be really interesting with him. I think he's a guy that can certainly bring that. I think playing with a little bit more snarl, there are times where he he's had really, really good games, and he's almost got a bravado about him, a guy that he can kind of get in guys' faces, and despite being undersized, kind of have a little bit of that almost like bravado. And I'm not saying he's Brad Marchand, but bring some of that to the ice. Brad Marchand's not a big guy. His bark is a lot bigger than his bite. I think a guy like Jaden Perron, where once in a while when he does that, you're like, ooh, like bring that out more often. Kind of get get that bravado out. Get going and, and be that guy a little bit more often. And, and that's taxing at the end of the day. So I think just developing, getting physical, getting, getting bigger physically and, and getting in the weight room is going to be big for him. On the ice, though, I think, like I said, it's going to be that, that defensive game kind of working on his agility and continuing to work on his skating and everything like that. And then just bringing that, bringing that dog, like pun intended, like a dog out a little bit want to see that from him. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there are some players that are just have that little purse dog energy in a, in a way that is not meant to be like derogatory at all. Like, I think it's so funny when little guys have bad tempers. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something that we don't see a lot of in the NHL. And I think we should see more of it. I think that would be, I think it would be fun. Like, like I said, I, I didn't know a lot about Jaden Perron before we did this episode. Um, I do feel like I want to go and learn more about him now and watch some of his game because he does sound like a super interesting player to watch. Um, And he seems... Yeah like a not very Blue Jackets type player. He doesn't fit into that Blue Jackets archetype that I've started thinking of over the past couple of years, but I do think he would be fun to watch. Yeah, he's certainly a player that's fun to watch. I think he's a guy that could be an interesting addition to that that Blue Jackets group. I think the, the Blue Jackets obviously have a ton of wingers and he would bring a different level of skill to that that group, but he's got that feistiness. He's got that, that size to get under guys and, and battle that way. So... Certainly a guy that will be available for the Blue Jackets probably at that 20 to 23 pick. He might even be there for a second rounder, though. Yeah, that feel, it feels like the he's gonna, I feel like he's going to drop to the second round. Based on everything I've heard, he's a first-round talent that is going to go in the second round. Um, very much so. Which is probably very frustrating for him because he can't help being five eight but like yeah. um like the most egregious one i'm thinking of is probably lane hudson yeah who went in the the second round or did he even drop to the third round but and then, he, can, and the then he proceeded to 
tear the entire NCAA into tiny little pieces this season. Um, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting draft. I feel like, I feel like once you get past that top four, there are like 20 guys that could go fifth overall and I wouldn't be super surprised. Yeah. It's certainly going to be interesting to see kind of what teams value coming out of this draft. I think there's so many guys after that fourth, fifth pick, it, does a guy like Mitchkov fall because of the Russia factor, because of the contract or whatever else perceived by different teams? It, it's certainly going to be interesting because there's so much talent in this draft. And you would kind of have these tiers starting to form, whether it's the, the guys in the, the 5 to 12 range and stuff. But a lot of teams value different things. You could see a guy like Matthew Wood or Charlie Stram will shoot up a draft board just because they're big boys. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I would love to see and this is never going to happen but i would love to see gm's lists of players in terms of like like in order i would love to see who the blue jackets had if they didn't get gauthier or yurichek last season like i think it would be so interesting um but let's um let's finish off with a just a quick one um like i said at the top the blue jackets have between the 21st and 23rd pick Let's let's say that they end up with the 21st. Let's say that the Panthers and the Kraken both end up in the top four. Um, it's not going to happen, but hey, a guy can dream. Let's say it's the 21st overall pick. Who are you drafting with that pick for the Blue Jackets? The guy I look at in that range that I think would be really, really interesting for the Blue Jackets is Otto Stenberg, a guy that we saw at the World Under Teams just now for the, for the Swedish team. Absolutely tear that tournament apart tied william nylander's record for swedish scoring plays a little bit of center but he's probably a winger at the next level unreal skill he plays with a ferocity in his game despite not being the biggest guy at all but he he's a guy that i think can be that line driver on the second line be that that force of of nature to to just pull his team to victory with that on a second line i think he's certainly an interesting guy around that range and that's probably who i target that that area for people who want to, like me, learn more about prospects, who want to, uh, I guess, keep up with the Maple Leafs, I can't relate, but there are definitely people out there. Um, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find all my work at thehockeynews.com. Got different articles, uh, stuff like that going up all, all the time there. You can find me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari, And definitely check out the Hockey News YouTube page where I've got interviews with draft prospects from uh connor bedard and adam Fantilli, leo carlson and, and a bunch of different guys throughout the the draft class it's a lot of fun doing these videos with them and i also break down tape game tape with them so you get a little bit of their perspective on their own game when when we're watching film together as well yeah they are highly recommend those they are super interesting and uh hopefully one of those guys will be wearing union blue this july we uh, we live in hope but thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on today tony it is uh, always a pleasure no problem anytime. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be getting back to our season reviews. Uh, we'll be taking a look at uh, Josh Dunn, I believe, is next on the list. So we'll be taking a look at what he did in Cleveland this season, what he did in his uh, short call-up with the Blue Jackets, all of that good stuff. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jake Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.